0: This episode is brought to you by HP. When you're working apart from your team, feeling connected can be a challenge. Presenting HP Presence, a
1: more thoughtful human collaboration technology. With enhanced audio and video features, you can experience more genuine collaboration and feel more connected. Be in the room from any room with HP Presence. Learn more at hp.com forward slash presence. Hello, world, and welcome to my room. Uh, this is Jeff Cavanaugh alongside a guy named Bob. A guy named Bob, uh, Bob Sturm. That would be uh, 96.7 and 13.10 the ticket, or is that backwards? Do you do 13.10 and 96.7 FM?
0: Uh, yeah, we're really trying to lean into the AM. We think that's up and coming. And, <laughs> okay. uh... And was, we, just, we feel like uh, that's where we're, what we're going to build around is uh, amp radio. So we're really looking forward to that. I'm sorry about just Bob. I didn't know it was formally going to be on the screen. This is very big time. I'm My bad.
1: I kind of support it. I like it a lot. As you can tell, Bob is here out of the kindness of his heart, not for self-promotion because he didn't even put his own last name. So um, <laughs> it's Sturm. If you're looking for his last name, there you go. You can find his work freaking everywhere. Uh, here, This is the joy of being unemployed for me, is that I'm allowed to do things that I wasn't allowed to do when I was employed, because you know right. the contracts and rules and stuff. I like it. So it's exciting to be able to talk football with one of the minds in, uh, well, not even just DFW, the world that I wow. respect and doesn't do it the way that so many people do it, where it's all hot takey and disgusting, and it's just like, hey, what about actual sports analysis? So welcome, here's Bob. Thank actual you. sports analysis
0: oh that's uh that's that's so nice of you and i'm very interested in your journey of course we've talked about this on and off and actually never on the air we've never actually been on the air before together i don't even know are we on the air now that's uh, i guess it's all just uh we're, technically we're, no we're you no, know, we're somewhere in the ether together and it's not a golf course and uh i i support you and your journey and i've always liked the way you do things so uh let's party all
1: right, so yeah, we're not live out of respect to the fact that the ticket is live, and that would be rude to be oh, having well, sure, surely the ticket
0: into consideration. Going live with
1: a ticket person while the ticket's on the air. Here we go. Um, yeah. No, but this will pop up on my YouTube channel when I'm done uploading it. So I guess. We'll mention Brian Schottenheimer and like topical things of the day that everybody is asking about, but I can do that later. Uh, I I am more interested in, I guess, two different things while I have you. One is how you're doing with the draft and all the branches that come off of that tree right now. And number two is this is the most frustrated slash angry I've seen the Cowboys fan base, at least on Twitter after a football season. And so when you look at their front office, like what of the things that people are super mad about do you think are actually legitimate things? And what is just people love to be angry about sports?
0: Boy, there's a lot there. Um, I, you know, let's start with the second one and then remind me to circle back to the draft and we can do that in in just a bit for sure. Um, you know, it's, it feels like a culmination of a lot of things in the sense that, um, yeah, these are times where everybody's online and everybody has a podium and everybody has to, you know, come in hot and uh, and feel like, uh, you know, that uh, if you're not raging against some machine, then you're probably not doing it right. And I get it. It's the time. And, and also, it's been a long journey in the desert for Cowboys fans. And so those two things probably have helped things percolate just a little bit um at the same time i think mavericks fans are wildly frustrated right now and they have one of the best players in the world and their their team is on an upward climb and it's largely many of the same humans so so you know it's just i don't know i for me sports are fun man i wake up every day and i look forward to learning about something i didn't know about or somebody i didn't know about or some matchup i i recently made a list i don't know if you know who uh uh, is it Maria, uh, Maria Kondo is, uh, but, uh, but she is, uh, Boy, this is, this is the first time, Marie Kondo is being mentioned on the Jeff Cavanaugh show. I'm positive, but, uh, but she specializes Jeff Condo. in uh, helping people unclutter their life and like get organized, which I can tell from your bookshelf, you're a very organized man. That's, like
1: it's you, fairly cluttered, but I am, yeah, I'm not organized.
0: I like what you have back there at least. So you at least understand where the camera's pointed. But the point, <laughs> the point to all of it is we all junk up our lives with clutter and she wants you to kind of go through your possessions and figure out what brings you joy. And so I have kind of stolen that as uh, a list of athletes that bring me joy. And they're not the best player on my favorite team because that's that's cheating. Anybody can just list their favorite teams and then say, "Oh well, Aaron Rodgers brings me joy," or, or you know, whatever. Uh, you know, uh, Luka Doncic brings me. No, no, no. I'm talking about unaffiliated athletes that are just out there that you say I bought league pass it's uh it's Thursday night where's John Morant tonight because he brings me joy he makes I was gonna
1: say John Morant (laughs)
0: yeah yeah he's he's a great one uh Fernando Tatis is, is is a great one Connor McDavid's on my list of course Messi has always been on my list but but the point is I don't watch sports to get mad I watch sports to dream um, and to, uh, believe that something cool is about to happen. And I, I know full well, it's not okay. So it's, it's a bit of a, a mind hustle, but life is full of headaches and worries and anxiety and, and just a lot of things that clutter your mind. I don't really like to mix that with my entertainment if I can help it. Now, again, it's all woven together but that's that's a quick way of saying i do try to uh as some people might say pump a little sunshine into the way i deliver sports to the masses because that's the point isn't it i mean if if i just wanted to come on here and say look odds are that Dak prescott's never going to win a super bowl and odds are that uh you know the next guy won't either and uh, this is all just a exercise in time killing and that Doncic is probably going to win a title, but it's going to be somewhere else. And, you know, you just go on and on with all the telling people what the odds are. What's the point, man? Uh, the point for me would be uh, the best example. And if you follow me on Twitter, uh, you can't help but see it is the Giannis life cycle of uh, Giannis Atenacumpo uh when the, the bucks drafted him he was uh, just a guy who had awesome dunks who played in greece and nobody really understood where he came from and and you know if he understood anything about the nba or or even uh, at the time i don't think he knew what a smoothie was or uh, chicken nuggets i mean seriously he was discovering a smoothie and chicken nuggets after the bucks took him in the lottery which is pretty funny but uh the the point to all that is uh, I kind of joined him vicariously through League Pass and just through my day-to-day of just kind of checking in on him and just seeing what what he's up to and what weird plays he's making, full well building to this possibility that sometime, someday it's all going to fall into place and the dream will, will be alive. And that happened last summer, and I was there, um, and uh, I count that as one of the payoffs of a life of following sports. Um, I turned 50 in a couple months, which is pretty crazy for me to consider. And I know that I've probably used up all of my wishes to the sports genie already. And and even though I don't, I don't think I've ever followed a dynasty, but I've seen Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers both win Super Bowls. I saw Aaron Rodgers win a Super Bowl in the city I was working in. I've seen Dirk finally win a title. Uh now I've seen Giannis do it. I was there. I was there for Dirks. I mean, uh, I was there when the Stars won the Stanley Cup in Buffalo. I mean, I feel like I've lived a bit of a where's Waldo sort of life. And that's how that's how I try to view things. And so you asked me a very simple, very basic question about the cowboy attitude amongst uh, the world. And and I'm just telling you, I I am the type of person to almost take on negative attitudes. Because I just don't see the point if you're just going to, you know, for lack of a better term, drop a deuce on every little news item that comes out there and just wallow in in misery. What's the fun, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess. um... I don't want to lie, but I'm not lying. Okay.
1: Oh, no, right, clear. right, 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 right. No, I was just I was just wondering if you had any specific because like people are just constantly like, you know what? The Jones are stupid heads, they don't know what they're doing. This organization's broken, they're all right. awful. And yeah. I'm like, well, they just put out a 12 win team that you're mad because they didn't go further in the playoffs because right. they had a good team, right? So like right. they're obviously not completely inept, but when I look at the Cowboys organization, I'm like, yeah, they draft and develop well, they're clearly not incompetent. But there are specific things. And like when I get specific with it, I would say, man, they've really struggled to identify the right guys to pay and when. Yes. Like Dak, you could have had for cheaper. Zeke, you probably should have never paid. Jalen, you probably should have never paid. Right. And so I guess that was kind of the vein of my question was just are there actual tangible things other than I'm mad? Yeah. That when you look at how they do this, that you're like, real criticism. Like that could be better.
0: First of all, I think people don't know what a bad season looks like around here. I mean, Dave Campbell probably helped us learn that, but that's already coming up on 20 years ago. Uh, For Cowboy fans in the last 15 years, so a whole generation of them, a bad season's like eight wins, and a good season is unheard of. uh, But there's been several 12 and 13 win seasons. And so from that standpoint, they don't know what a bad season is around here. Uh picking in the top five. Basically, what the New York Giants have done over the last five or six years. Um, so so first of all, we call a mediocre season a horrible season around here because we're the Dallas Cowboys. We're we won all these Super Bowls and all these NFC title games and so forth. But yeah, from a tangible standpoint, it just yes, it it, it comes down to They're, I think, cooking from the right recipe most of the time. They're homegrown. They're developing. They're drafting well. They're promoting from within. I mean, these are all what the successful teams do. So now um, you just need a couple special players doing special things at special times of the year. And for whatever reason, Mr. Romo and and Mr. Prescott have have not quite clicked at the level many of us uh, want them to be at. And that's essentially the story. I don't want to make it too simple, but yeah, they they do fall in love with the shiny objects, and they do overinvest in non-premium positions, and I'm sure we could debate that uh, but but I think we mostly agree on it. and uh you know other but they're largely a well-run front office over the last five or ten years. They really are they're not just out there signing the craziest thing they can think of on the first day of free agency like they used to be. They are doing things the way smart teams do, and I think that's a great recipe to remain uh, in the top half of the league. But, but boy, in a 32-team league, if the only measure of success is winning a Super Bowl, you're going to always be disappointed. You know, you have to take some – Measure of accomplishment in 12 win seasons. I mean, those are hard to come by, and you just had one, and everybody's like, This sucks. So, you know, you <laughs> just can't do it. You no, can't do cars, it. Right? 12 wins. Happy with it, but, but just understand how hard it is to get there. You know, just, right. just chop the league into a pie and just see where you actually rank. And if you're in the top 10 of a 32 team league, I'm sorry, but you're a good organization.
1: And I think that's probably a hard. Like, it's tough to kind of reconcile those things because of the, I don't know what the stat is, where it's like teams who have been in a championship game since yeah. the Cowboys won the Super Bowls, and it's like, what, you and two or three other teams?
0: It's I, absolutely shocking how... And the answer
1: over- to it, oh, and the answer to it, correct me if you disagree, is kind of terrible luck. Yeah, Like, Romo had at least two teams that were capable of getting to an NFC title game and didn't. Right. Dak has had at least one, probably two teams that were capable of getting there and didn't. Yes. But but it but in at least one way you keep company with the awful organizations and it's like, well, yeah. I, I guess in that way that they haven't gotten it done at the end of the year.
0: Well, the biggest problem is for 20 years, let's say 1975 to 1995, every cowboy fan uh, drove everybody at their workplace insane by being a cowboy fan <laughs> and over the top and proud and, you know, just uh, strutting around and, hey, we're the cowboys and you're not. And so unfortunately, all those people remember it. <laughs> and, and and so now it's uh, from 96 till now, basically has been a, a, a get even with a cowboy fan man at work. And so
1: Oh, I think Cowboy fans hate the Cowboys more than anybody else.
0: Well, no, they do now, but, but they know they have to answer for the Jones family. They have to answer for Dak or for Romo at work. Uh, because their ancestors did not play nice and so if you're under the age of 40 this this really doesn't have anything to do with you talk to your dad about why he was strutting around his workplace and making everybody hate the cowboys so much
1: <laughs> that's, that's hilarious and i'd never really thought of that
0: no and, and look packer fans <laughs> are the same way so uh, i grew up i grew up when the packers were absolutely awful i was 20 two years old before they played in a playoff game in my lifetime except for the strike year of 82 which doesn't count and so I grew up and they were the uncool team to like even in Wisconsin and you would just you know you would you would I liked them because I somehow got hooked into this idea that you like the teams where you're from and you you know you commit to them
1: god we all fall for that
0: yeah it's a dumb thing but in the (laughs) end um now the generation after me, they've never known a quarterback that wasn't a hall of famer and they're insufferable and they're jerks and, and, and they, they give us all a bad name. And so I'd like to apologize on behalf of uh, the young Packer fans who are annoying as as heck. So I get it too.
1: Yeah, it's tough. Okay. Um, Cowboys draft. Cause I know okay. that you're doing draft digest things for the athletic, which means I know you've probably seen at least 20, 30, 40. I have no idea. I'm just, we're up barking. to 40. We're up to okay. 40. I'm ballparking round numbers here. Yes, sir. Um, Two directions. You can choose one at your leisure. Okay. Direction one, uh, I think one of the most fun draft questions and one that a lot of people tend to ask is like the first round, do you think there is a way that they're planning on going? Because like in my brain, they haven't plugged left guard and I think they'll still sign a veteran at some point, but I can't believe McGovern's the plan. Like I feel like they're almost tractor beamed into it at this point offensive line in the first round. Yeah. Do you buy that at the moment there is a blueprint that could be altered if they sign people and then we'll get into actual guys that you like?
0: Yeah. You know, I, I would say that you're on the right track for, for me, I I've got it in my head that they're going offense with their first three picks. And so um,
1: O-line, well, left guard, wide receiver, and...
0: Uh, well, I mean, probably best available skill position, uh, or, you know, I, I think I think you would say O-line, wide receiver, and then uh, talk me into a tight end, talk me into another offensive line, talk me into, you know, just, uh, you, you know, another wide receiver, uh, so, so best... Best weapon, you know, that sort of thing. So, so I, I think they either want two offensive line or two weapons out of uh, the first 100 picks. Uh, so, so there are three guys. And, you know, could be wrong, and there could be guys that chase him off. That that can really help their defense. Obviously, uh, edge is a little soft right now, and and uh, the the premise of getting yet another linebacker to kind of free up Micah to to go wherever he uh, may roam. I, I think there's some sense in that, but but those those are the general thoughts. I guess we should keep our eye open, maybe for a special safety in the first two days. I I I come back to day three for me is kind of a let's let's just go look for players you know and i, I think i've heard you say that as well and i the think the draft
1: is mostly a three to four round event yes yeah you uh, get enough darts or you you find the right guy you right. can hit sure can't bet hard, that hard it's, it's hard in to in draft that. Season, it's tempting especially as a draft guy to be like oh what, hold on one of my guys is still here like i can hit on five guys on day yeah. three the odds are that's not happening it's mostly a three to four round event
0: exactly and so uh, you know once we get past there go fix your special teams go get depth guys and and, and get uh, nice players but uh, I really think that given how much they put on the defense and I mean dude last spring was all about defense and and, and it needed to be and it, it was successful so uh, not complaining. But unless they find something that they just can't walk away from, that's that's the direction I think they're headed.
1: Have you seen Sky Moore? It's in my contract. I have to say his name every time I talk. You know
0: what? I have waited on wide receivers. And okay. so this might not – give me tons of insight on which wide receiver I'm all over. I am aware that, uh, sky Moore needs to be on my list, uh, partly because uh, you won't shut up about them. But, uh, but, uh, I, I am uh, planning on next, let's see in a week or two, I got your Williams, Alave, Burks, London, Wilson, and then I uh, keep down going down the list, uh, you know, because there's going to be 10 well, wide receivers in the top 50.
1: And it's clear that for the Cowboys it's relevant because four of, what is it, four I think right now of their third their pre-draft 30 visits have come out and Burks and Olave are on it. So Cowboys clearly, it's possible that they could pick a receiver at 24 because they're not burning visits as smoke screens.
0: No, and you better get busy because all these teams with multiple first-round picks all seem to need wide receivers. And, uh, you know, it's a league that you don't look for two anymore. You look for four. You know, I mean, it's just the way the draft has morphed, even since I've been doing it, it, you know, you went from 21 personnel to now everyone's in 11 and 10 personnel, and they don't have enough wide receivers. And of course we don't have enough guys who can cover wide receivers. And so it turns into every year, top two rounds, you're going to have 10 wideouts, and you're going to have 10 corners.
1: And I love, 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 love. My favorite storyline I think of this draft, it's not cowboy related, is that the two best quarterbacks on the planet, just lost their best receivers. So like for draft nerds, I'm just sitting here like which one of these guys. And I know green Bay doesn't do this, but my gut is that they will like now you get two ones, and Kansas city has two ones. Yeah. Like which of these rookie wide receivers is about to go for 1300 yards with one of the best quarterbacks on the planet.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a wild scenario. I mean, uh, the, the, the contracts at wide receiver have changed the game almost overnight. And, uh, and both of those teams deciding to get away from their top five guy, uh to load up on the kids tells us what they think of the draft, tells us what they think of paying a wide receiver quarterback money, and uh what tells us what uh you should think about tying up eighty million in two guys and so um I get it but I also uh I also would be pretty nervous if I was either one of those offenses.
1: Yeah. I'd also be pretty nervous if I was Tyree Kill. I hope yeah. to if I can play Dude. I hope he can play Waddle and Tyreek Hill. I want That's both crazy. of them with Mahomes.
0: That's it, it's beautiful and I'll tell you uh, Tua won't be there for long. If uh, <laughs> if it doesn't work out, uh, they will be the prime destination at this point next year for the next quarterback game of musical chairs, which I'm sure is coming and might involve some of the guys from this year.
1: Let us not forget, of course, Cedric Wilson, uh, in That's my, this right. is the, uh, the third, maybe isn't Devonte Parker still there? Who cares? Doesn't yep. matter. Uh, yep. last thing before I let you go though, would sure, be man. as you've worked your way through your 40 on your way to 7 million guys that oh. you watch for the draft.
0: I can't do what you do. I, I got my 60 and then I, I can't do what I do anymore. Kid. Okay. I'm at like
1: I'm at like 90 95 this year. I'm hoping to get 125 130. Like there were years where I was doing 250, 300 and it was just like ah, but, I just can't do it. Well, you also have well, 37 have job. jobs. You got 37 jobs. As oh, yeah. you've been watching, which names have jumped out that you go 24. Yes, 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 yes.
0: Well, uh, obviously, Kenyon Green is very nice. Uh, I like uh, I like Kennard from Kentucky. If you want to talk offensive line, uh, obviously, the guys up top will be gone, so we don't even need to talk about those. But, but yeah, I mean, if you get into a spot where uh, Zion Johnson, I know uh, you guys are uh, – you've talked up uh, quite a bit. I don't know if you're part of his, uh, his uh, agency or not, but, I, you know, I, I would – Not a I Zion
1: would, fan.
0: You are, you are a Zion
1: fan. Oh, I'm saying you aren't or yeah. you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought it sounded accusatory. Like, oh yeah, no, no, I hear you no. talking I, about it. Him. Like
0: him. But dude, look, someday let's do our own episode on the cowboy draft machine. That is uh, five or 10 suspects of uh, the cowboy media on Twitter that literally uh, lead the entire city like uh, the walking dead zombies down uh, these paths of just pounding the table for guys that, uh, that they may have never seen play, but they've been told 1000 times between like Thanksgiving and draft day, that this is the man of your dreams. And so, uh, I mean, our, our, our boy Xavier Woods is a great example of,
1: I got you a four-year starter in the sixth round, you Bob.
0: Pumping the tires so much of that kid that uh, that uh, it's like, hold on, everybody, we're we're, we're probably not going to put him first-team All-Pro right away. I know, I know, Cavanaugh loves him. I know, Broadus is throwing him out there. I look, I get it. I you know, I, the the uh, the draft industrial complex in this city is very strong.
1: I'd like to apologize for my role in it. No, um, no, it's
0: great. Honestly, it's great because uh, we used to all just buy magazines at the grocery store and uh, try to figure out the draft. So so it's at least great that we have a million people trying to watch these guys. But you know, I I I did linebackers this week. I'm not recommending it. But I do I love see Kobe it, Dean. Man. I do love Nico Dean, man. And, and I, I really
1: him. like Devin Lloyd, and I know the NFL is going to love him cuz he's 6-3,
0: but I love Nicobe Dean. Where are you at on uh, the Wyoming kid? Muma? Yeah.
1: Uh, like second round, like at 56. Yeah. Like, okay. it, this is what happens in the draft every year, and every year, and I'm going to question myself on this too. Like every year I see a bunch of guys, and I'm like, oh, he's going to fall between your first and second pick. And then he'll yeah. be gone, and you can't have him, but I'd love to have him with my second pick. But I also say that about too many guys, where guys will be available. But like Muma, yeah, second round, gimme gimme. I,
0: think, I would take him in the second round. I'd be all over him. He might, he might challenge Lloyd for my second favorite linebacker. Uh, I, I I I know that's not going to be popular because I've seen people put uh, Devin Lloyd in the top ten, and I just try to avoid everyone putting people everywhere because I I think it just makes us all run in circles. But uh, but I really really like the Georgia kid. <laughs> he is unbelievable, and uh, and and you know a lot of it for those guys is. Uh, uh, the old Sean Lee thing of kind of knowing where you're going before the play even starts. And and it just gives you such an advantage that you can't put on a watch for a 40 time. And, you know, so, so when those guys are smarter than anybody else on the field uh, you just feel like uh, they're, they're twice as fast as they really are.
1: Team N'Kobe Dean. Yeah. Man. Okay. We did the draft. We did the Cowboys, Bob, and I know you have a life and a job, so I do. I'm sorry, that.
0: I don't have a bigger window, but let's do it again as long as uh, I don't get boycotted or anything, right?
1: As long as you don't get boycotted, and I guess as long as I'm unemployed, uh,
0: yeah. Well, are um, you trying to be employed? You, you've only you've only been a free agent for like three weeks.
1: Oh no, I'm yeah, I'm just you know hanging out, just doing stuff, just doing. The you thing.
0: don't have a boss, dude. Think about that. Think about how. I've, I've never not had a boss. I don't have a boss. Yeah.
1: I have two dogs. That's as close as it gets to a boss.
0: Okay. Well, you're doing, you're doing great. I'm My doing requirements
1: great. over the course of a day is food in a bowl twice.
0: I love it. I, <laughs> outside of that, we're Let's good. go. All
1: right. And, have-
0: uh, I, I'm, I'm happy to be on here, man. And uh, I, I, I want big things for you.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you for the time. There goes Bob Sturm. Hi, I'm Jeff Cavanaugh. This will be uploaded shortly, but I don't have to say that out loud because you'll see it when it's uploaded. So when I say it it will have already been uploaded. So that's dumb. So I'm just going to hit end recording. Uh, Remember, you have no idea what anybody's going through. So be cool to everyone. I love you. Bye.